Hi everyone, welcome back to Fast Charge. This is your host Dom. I'm joined this week by another full roster of people. We have uh, Hannah and Aniron, who are both joining us for the first time in a while actually. And uh, Lewis as well, who's going to be manning the chat if you are here with us live on YouTube. That's me. Uh, it is still really busy. It's really, really busy. People keep announcing stuff. I really want them to stop. Uh, this week we have the Galaxy S20 FE or Fan Edition. Uh, we have the Nokia 8.3, which you may remember we actually have spoken about on the show when it got announced last time, uh, about six months ago before the world went to hell. Um, it is now back. It's actually coming out this time, partly because the Bond film it's tied into is also coming out sometime soon. Uh, and then finally, not actually out this week, but we have the OnePlus 8T, which we are going to talk about this week because OnePlus has finally confirmed the 8T exists, confirmed it's coming in October, and confirmed the first specs. We know about the screen and the charging and battery. And to be honest, with all of the leaks, we know absolutely everything else about it too. So we might as well talk it now and then we'll just circle back when we actually have the thing. Okay, so uh, let's get going. Oh, one, one quick note I just want to say while we're at the top of the show. I know there's also actually an Amazon event tonight, so we're a few <laughs> hours ahead of that. But if you're listening after the live show, you'll, you'll be aware there is an Amazon event. We obviously can't talk about that yet because it hasn't happened yet. We may talk about Amazon next week. We've got all sorts of other stuff next week anyway. So, uh, Samsung, I think we want to do. We do. Uh, this is a phone we've known was coming for a while. Uh, they've been teasing the fan edition um, and it's been... As with all stuff, super, super leaked. It's been all over the place. This is basically the S20 Lite. Uh, we have the S10 Lite before. There is no S20 Lite. Instead, there's the Fan Edition. It's just a new way of branding the Lite version of the phone. What I think interesting about that branding and what it represents is the fact that the way they've sort of made this a Lite version of the phone is they've really emphasized specs. This is like a phone that's led by having hardware features, um, the kind of things that fans get excited about while dropping some of the nice-to-haves and dropping things around build and design just a little bit to help them hit the price they want to hit, which is, uh, uh, let me get this right, in the UK it's £599, uh, £699 for the 5G version, uh, in the US it's $699 for the 5G version, so actually an even better price because the way the exchange rates work, unless I'm getting muddled up. Um, the big headline thing that I want to get out of the way straight away, straight away because I know people will ask about it, is processor. It runs the Snapdragon. Woo! <laughs> Finally, there is an S20 in Europe and in India and everywhere else in the world that you can buy with a Snapdragon 865 processor in it. I'm here for this news. Right? And that's the only thing where it's like, okay, yeah, it's for the fans. The name, they've lived up to the name there. Whatever else they do, that at least, they are listening to people and said, yeah, fine, the Snapdragon, you can have that one. We know you care. The average buyer doesn't care. They don't know what Snapdragon is. They don't know what Exynos <laughs> is. They wouldn't understand if you tried to explain the difference. Even if they understood, they wouldn't give. They just wouldn't care at all. But fans do. This has a Snapdragon. There is, of course, as always, a caveat. This only got the Snapdragon in the 5G version. There we so are. So it's not region locked um, like it has been with the other S20 phones and with the Note 20s, but it is uh, version locked. So uh, that's basically because the Snapdragon 865 has to come with a 5G modem. You can't do a 4G phone with the Snapdragon in, or you could use a different Snapdragon, obviously, but not the 865. Mm -hmm. So if you want the 4G one, that's an Exynos 990. The same Exynos you'll find in the other S20 phones, it's still the top of line one. If you want the 5G, you get the Snapdragon. And conversely, if you want a Snapdragon, you have to go 5G. And that's one money. Yeah, that's an extra hundred uh, for the UK. I mean, it, you know, if you look in the US, they're not even putting out the 4G model though. 
it's only 5G. So That's depending good. on what market you're in, um, you may not have the 4G option available. They're, they're clearly not releasing it everywhere. Um, some places they're just going all in on 5G. And honestly, I mean, that's going to be the way it goes from now, right? At least for high-end stuff. I'd be very surprised if there was a 4G S30 or S21, whatever it ends up being called. I think it's just going to be all 5G all the time now. Oh, yeah. It would be I mean, a it is weird. a smart way to kind of push people towards the 5G. It will be the kind of the, yeah. the, the more tech savvy among us. Because they'll be like, well, I want the 865. I'm going to get the 865. 5G is just a plus. So, yeah, yeah why not? Uh, it is also worth noting it's the 865, not the 865 Plus, um, but I don't think that's an issue, especially given the sort of price point they're hitting with this. And we've actually seen, I think, less adoption of the Plus in general this year than we did with the 855 Plus last year, where everyone kind of jumped onto it once it was out, I think. And so I think we've hit a bit of a ceiling when it comes to kind of mobile processes. Like, yeah. does it really matter if you're going to get that little bit more power out of it when you know that basically the rest, you know, it's going to run absolutely perfectly anyway if you use exactly. the, the standard one over the Plus? And we've seen that in the adoption of the 765, yeah. um, which we'll talk about later in the Nokia. I, th I think the Nokia uses that. It does um, You know, th there's been, we've spoken about this on the show before, but there's just been a big uh, industry-wide adoption of Qualcomm's 7 series processors, that second performance tier, where people are realizing, actually, you can put out an expensive top-tier phone with lots of high-end features and drop the processor down a bit and shave a lot off the, the cost of um, building the thing, essentially. You know, the 8 series are expensive. Qualcomm charges a lot for them. So it's not really a surprise that people aren't always willing to pay for that unless they're really confident that their audience are going to jump at the chance to buy that. Mm -hmm. uh, right, so the the rest of the S20 FE, it is, it, they're sort of, Samsung is calling it the FE uh, rather than fan edition for the most part. They're sort of going back and forth. Um, uh, otherwise, it's pretty solid. It's got little drops down from the other S20 phones where you'd expect there's slightly less RAM. It's 6 gig rather than 8. Um, it's 128 gig storage, but you can use a micro SD to expand it. Uh, the big one for the display is it's only FHD+. There's no QHD here, but it is still AMOLED and it is still 120 hertz, importantly. And the thing is, that's a really smart trade-off because, as everyone knows from this year, you can't run the <laughs> Samsung flagships with QHD Plus and 120 hertz anyway. Yeah. Most people probably pick the 120 hertz, so are then using it at FHD no matter what. So given that trade-off, why not just put the FHD panel in, get the 120 hertz? You're going to get that silky smooth animation and refresh and all of that. You're not going to have the high resolution, but most people are probably turning it off at this point anyway. So I think that makes sense. Um, Size-wise, it's 6.5 inches. So it's screen size, it's halfway between the S20 and the S20 Plus. But because it's got slightly bigger bezels and things like that, actually build-wise, it's almost exactly the same size as the S20 Plus. So it is a big phone, um, which is the one thing. Again, I think that makes sense for the demographic they're targeting. But I, we always say this. I would rather it was S20 size. I think the S20 was a great size phone. I think that 6.1, 6.2-inch screen space is really good. And uh, 6.5 is a little, you know, there's a lot much, but it should work. Um, the big build thing, though, that people are going to dislike is the back is plastic. Um, or, or reinforced polycarbonate, I think, is the technical term. Glass stick is the, uh, <laughs> the promo term. Samsung's plastic. You'll note, though... I mean, for all, for all you might diss the S20 FE for having this, this is the same stuff that was on the back of the Note 20. So if they can put it on a, on a phone that costs a grand, mm. uh, it shouldn't surprise you that it's on the phone that costs 700. Um, it is, if you haven't actually used one of the phones with a glass stick back, 
whatever Samsung's made that plastic out of, it is really good. It does feel a lot like glass. It looks a lot like glass. It's got that reflective quality. Uh, this time they've given it a slightly hazy finish, um, which actually also then will hide a bit of that plasticky gloss. I think I haven't seen it in person. So what's the what's the idea behind it then? Is it just more durable than standard glass, or is it just because it's cheaper they want to it's use it? Primarily because it's cheaper. It should, in theory, also be more durable. Um, though how it compares to I mean, the S twenty is a grid glass six, which is getting pretty good, but. Um, yeah, I still think, I actually think in many ways the plastic is a benefit because it is more durable. It looks and feels the part. I don't think if you handed it to anyone, like if one of your friends wanted to look at your phone, I don't think any of them would pick it up and go, oh, plastic back. Mm. Um, That's the main thing. <laughs> so I think you'd get away with it, but you're also getting that durability. Uh, but yeah, from Samsung's perspective, it's cheaper. That's that's obviously why this, this happens and why they put it in. Because they're still putting glass on the front. Um, it is an aluminium frame, though, which is nice as compared to, say, on the oh, OnePlus no, Nord, where they put in a plastic frame. That was one of their big cost saving mm. measures that people weren't fans of in terms of worrying yeah. about the build. Because <laughs> there you would get the durability drop, I think, going from aluminium to plastic. Yeah. Um, this is still glass and aluminium mm. the rest of the phone. It's just that back is the plastic. So I found that out with the Nokia 8.3. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you dropped that, didn't you? <laughs> I dropped that at the weekend, yeah. You know, hadn't even been released. Managed to drop uh -huh. it. Great. Right on the corner. But anyway. <laughs> Dream. Uh, we've all we've all had that with some review at some point, I'm sure. Um, it's just it's so big. But anyway, we'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll save Nokia for now. We will. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm really impressed with S20 FE. I've seen really mixed reactions online. Some people think it looks great, others don't. I think for me it hits the right sort of features. Um, uh, camera I haven't spoken about. It's the same main lens as the S20 series, uh, mm. setting aside the Ultra because it's a bit different. Um, same main lens as the S20, S20 Plus. Wide angle of telephoto. The wide angle is a bit different. The selfie is a bit different. The telephoto is very different because it's actually a telephoto. Uh, and I know I've had this around before, but the S20, S20 Plus do not have telephoto cameras. <laughs> they have 1.1 times zoom cameras that are 64 megapixel and they crop in. It's not a zoom. Uh, this is an actual three times optical zoom. So the weird thing is, it might be a better zoom yeah. camera. Yeah, mm. I, I, on paper, it looks like a step up. Um, you know, in fairness to Samsung, I think the results off of the the digital zoom and the cropping they were doing on the S20s, they were very good. So I don't want to knock it too much. It could be, you know, you can get a, a cheap phone with a three times zoom that would be terrible. Mm -hmm. So there's no guarantee this is going to get good results. On paper, it looks pretty impressive, the specs they've got for the zoom lens, but we will have to try it out to actually see if it outperforms the S20 or not. They're also coming very bright colours by the looks of it. Yeah, I like the colours. Um, yeah, me too. Six colours. That's one of the big things they're going to market it around is it's colourful and it's got the, these options. Um, they made a big fuss of it. They made a big point of the fact that it was partly inspired by the reaction to the purple BTS special editions they've done of the S20s and stuff like that. Um, so here you've got like uh, orange, red, a nice kind of lavendery purple, um, white, navy blue and a kind of mint green. Oh, really? It's the lavender mm. that gets me. Yeah, that's, um, I really that's, like the lavender. that's my second favourite. <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously, they have silly phone names. They are all cloud whatever. So cloud lavender, cloud course, green, yeah. cloud orange. Mm. So What's that mean? <laughs> I've had this rant too many times on here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, saw... I mention it in every single review I do on yeah. the site. I'm like, forget the stupid names. It's available in black, silver, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I do prefer Cloud to Mystic, which has been mm, what they've been yeah. calling all of the flagship mm. colours this year. Mystic. Mystic bronze. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so these are obviously, uh, you know, I, 
maybe cheap and cheerful is underselling it a bit, but it's certainly cheerful and cheaper. Um, and it looks really nice. I, I, I'm honestly looking at it, and this is, you know, credit to, I can't remember who it was, but another journalist on the briefing call I had just asked Samsung at the end, like, why would anyone buy an S20 now? Like, mm. now that you've put this phone out, it just completely undercuts the rest of the range. And I think that's kind of true, accepting the fact that inevitably S20 has dropped in price a bit over the last six months, which brings the two closer together. Um, but really, you don't get the glass back. Um, you don't get 8K video recording, but I promise you, you don't want or need 8K video recording. <laughs> We've tried it. It's mm, pants. No. <laughs> uh, I, I think you get a slower charger in the box. The S20 ships with a 25-watt charger. This one ships with a 15, but it still supports 25-watt charging. So if you buy a charger or have another one around, you can still hit those speeds. Uh, you're getting the same software. You're getting the same waterproofing. Tiny bit less RAM. Better processor if you're in the U uh, the UK or Europe. Um, <laughs> you're not getting the QHD, but you're not going to use it anyway because you're going to put 120 hertz on. You've got a bigger battery than the regular S20. I don't know. Is yeah, it's like yeah, that's a mixed bag. Yeah, be, I mean, it'll <laughs> be interesting to see like how they mark, like like you say if like interest drops off for the normal S20 range, like how Samsung are going to market this because maybe they know that this is going to be a big seller so they're like you know put all our guns behind this for now and see what happens but i don't know yeah like looking at all the negatives it just sort of seems like they are like great trade-offs to get the price yeah. down yeah the, genuinely the the, the trade-offs all make a lot of sense which samsung hasn't always got right in the past i think this is a price tier samsung's really struggled with before now um and that's kind of what allowed brands like oneplus to come in and do super well and we'll get to oneplus later as well but um They've, Samsung's done very well at the top end of the market and struggled everywhere else. And I feel like they're trying to figure that out right now. And obviously the light editions last year were part of the process of them figuring it out. They had this weird tension. They still have this weird tension where the lower end S series and Note series kind of intermingle with the high end A phones. And you're never really sure mm -hmm. which you should buy at that price. And they get a bit odd. I think branding wise, this makes a lot more sense. I don't think anyone wants an S20 light because that sounds worse than the no, S20. Yeah. Yeah. But the S20 Absolutely. FE is neutral to mm -hmm. the rest of the range, right? It doesn't sound worse. And if you call it the fan edition and you are a fan, then it sounds maybe like it's even better. Um, yeah. And it just made all the right trade-offs here. I think this could do very, very well. And obviously this year, we're going to see more and more appetite for cheaper devices. Yeah, it's it's mm. nice to see a really big brand getting behind a phone of this price point, like, because I think we've sort of said for a while, like, you know, it is... It's always this two in of who can have the better flagship, yeah. but the price is just going, Ooh, and it's mm -hmm. like you know, look, like not everybody can afford to drop like mm. a grand and a half on a phone, like so you can make a lot of different mm. trade offs that realistically a lot of the features that these top phones have you may not use every exactly. every day. So mm. yeah, and I think yeah, and I, I'm sorry, you go along. And yeah, just because just a quick point on the A series phones that you're mentioning, because I reviewed the A fifty one, and that's you know relatively close to it in price. Mm. But from everything I see, like the the S twenty FE is a big step up. Yeah. So it's the point at which it's making a mid range phone that's got that S that's got the reputation of the S line for being a real yeah. flagship quality phone and still being affordable for a lot of people. And that's what they've been trying to figure out. You can tell is the fact that there's no brand pedigree to an A. It doesn't matter how big the number they put after the A is, <laughs> people still are like, well, you know, no no one's heard of a Galaxy A. It's the Galaxy S. That's the famous one. Mm. Um, and that's them figuring out how to how to do an S at that price point that doesn't lose that S ness 
And um, and I think also like to, what, the point you made, Hannah, about them getting behind it. I think that's what's interesting here. They are getting behind this. They held a dedicated Galaxy Unpacked event for this one phone. Nothing else got announced. Obviously, that's partly to separate it from the Note series, but still, it shows they're committed to this. They have a lot of like ads they're going to run around it. They're pushing this specific phone in a way that they never got behind the S10 Lite. The S10 Lite and the Note, uh, the Note 10 Lite were just kind of thrown out together at CES in a, oh yeah, we got these phones too. Like, have a look at them. Uh, they they clearly weren't willing to push them in a big way. This feels like they're saying, okay, this is a big phone for us. I find it interesting that they kind of. Uh, they wait until after the Note line launches before they like do the light version of the S10, and I guess it's because there's maybe not the same. In, like the, the the fans of the S series are not necessarily going to be the same ones that are mm. interested in a Note. So to kind of keep um, interest in the S line throughout the whole year, that's that's what it seems like. And then by the time the S30 or S21 comes around, it's already you know there's bit there's only been a few months between them. Yeah. I think there's definitely a space. You're right that they're slightly different crowds. Um, it is. I should, you know, we should say this is better timing than before. <laughs> Again, the S10 light got dumped at CES, so that was January uh, uh, earlier this year. So that was a full ten months after the S10s came out. They announced the S10 light. The fact that we're only six, seven months late makes this much more. It feels more planned than than the light was before. Um, I'll be curious, I think, when the Note 20 Lite comes out, whether that sneaks in before the S, the next set of S's or whether that also waits until the month after the S30, S21, and, and they kind of keep to that rhythm. That will be telling about how they're going to approach this going forward. Because, yeah, they did say uh, during the, the Unpacked event that they are going to be doing fan editions for all the flagships going forward, that for now at least this is how they're going to do it. It will be, looks like Lite is out the window, and now just each time they'll do a flagship and then a few months later roll out the fan edition version of that. But yeah, um, I haven't had a chance to see it in person. I'm looking forward to it though, because I think this is could be a very popular phone in this price range. And actually it feels like it's maybe the first time in a while there's been a really direct threat to OnePlus, which Ooh. we will get to towards the end. But yeah, uh, between now and then we have the Nokia 8.3, um, which yeah, I mentioned at the beginning, this was meant to come out a long time ago. This was a phone Nokia actually, or HMD Global, the company that owns the Nokia brand, they got around to actually announcing in, I guess, around February, because uh, it was going to be their, their MWC launch, the Nokia yep. 8.3. They had big plans for it. It features in the new Bond film, No Time to Die. I don't think Bond uses it. I think the other uh, sort of MI agent in in the, uh, MI6 agent even, get my Mission Impossible is thrown in my head. The other, the other MI6 agent in the film, uh, the sort of the new 00 agent, I think she uses it. Um, something like that. But anyway, they've got Bond time, but then Bond got delayed because of the pandemic. And so I guess they just decided to hold the phone as well. Um, yeah. So my big question for you, Lewis, Lewis, you've actually had it for a week. You've been using it. You've uh, written a review on the site. I've dropped does it. it you dropped it. <laughs> does it feel like a phone that's come out six months late? Or does uh, it still feel like it's got a place in the market right now? I think even if they pushed out about two months ago, it would have been very exciting. But now you've got the, the fan edition of the S20 at around about £100 more. Yeah. It's so... The, the, S, the S20 FE sounds so much better in comparison than the Nokia does. And it's the same thing with, with the Nord and the iPhone SE and stuff like that. If, if it got out before all of these phones, it would have been great. And I think that's what Nokia's intention was. 
but now they've pushed it back six months you've got yeah you've got such competitive space in that kind of the the three the, you know the 399 to 499 kind of that mid-range market so now, is, that, sure. is that what it costs so it's it's 499 for the okay. one that we're getting in the uk yeah um there is and that's with six gigabytes of ram and 64 gig of storage okay. there is an eight gig 128 but that's not coming to the uk so we okay. don't have pricing for that oh. so that's that but yeah i um i don't know how much bond was the reason they delayed it or if they also had manufacturing issues or something mm-hmm. covid related or what but yeah. if they really only held it because of bond and I mean, Bond idiots. could still <laughs> potentially even get delayed. Like, you know, exactly. like Black mm. Widow got del- has been moved to next year now. So yeah. it's like, yeah, if they, if they did do that and then Bond gets delayed, they're going to be annoyed. <laughs> well, I think clearly, clearly, even now, I think they've accepted that because Bond is November, right? Yeah, There's still yeah, a two exactly, month gap yeah. now between the phone and Bond. I think they must have seen that, seen the writing on the wall in that sense that maybe Bond hits its November date, but they can't afford to leave it any longer no, just in case. Mm. But it means they just screwed themselves because they should have pushed this phone out in March. Oh, 100%, yeah. Unless they had some other good reason not to. I think the original line was it was going to launch some point from June onwards. So if yeah. June was the earliest possible bit they were planning for, June would have been good. Yeah, there's, there was a summer lull. Obviously, we had the Nord and the SE, which yeah. were in this price range, to be fair. Yeah. But otherwise, there is a lull in launches. They would have had the space for a lot more coverage and a lot more interest. And like you said, if they could have just gotten out even if they came out at the same time as the SE and the Nord, because they came out pretty close together, yeah. maybe it would have been looked at unfavorably compared to those two. But it would have gotten all the publicity of the comparisons. Oh, yeah. Right. Everyone yeah. would have been saying, well, these three phones are all at the same price. So it's like stack them up against each other. Whereas now it's just coming out and it's lost in an avalanche of flagship launches. Mm. And I mean, even if, even if like it launched back in spring and then bundles go ahead in November. Like it's still enough time to like generate a second surge of interest or whatever. Like, you know, it's, it's like, they can still do all the bond marketing a few months after it comes out. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Anyway, what is the phone Lewis? So what does it do? This is the question. So no, it's, I'm kind of looking at it as their new flagship for now. Um, So it's, it's the Uh, 8.3. One of the big things, Literally, the one of the big things, and Dom, you're going to hate this. Six point one eight, eight one inch display. Eight one. Yeah. Yeah. Six point eight one. That's bigger than my iPhone 11 Pro Max. I actually went back to the 11 Pro Max. I thought, wow, this is small. <laughs> and, I, and that's <laughs> Apple's biggest iPhone. Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a Full HD Plus uh, resolution. You know, that's not too bad. That's fine. I think the only limiting factor, especially now, is the 60 hertz refresh rate. They're stuck at 60 and. You know, you can get budget Android phones that are around the two hundred pound mark, like the Realme Six, yeah. has a ninety hertz refresh rate. And you know, yeah, now we're talking about the SE and all these other phones. I'm pretty sure the Nord also has a high refresh rate as well, doesn't I've, it? I've got the the Poco that's one hundred and twenty hertz, and that's a two hundred pound phone. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so you know, <laughs> I think this also ties back to it could have done better back in in spring yeah. because yeah. not as many of them had it at that point. But now all these other phones have it. It's it's definitely a notch against the uh, the Nokia eight point three. So inside you've got the Snapdragon 765G. Yeah. So not the 8 series that we've been talking like about. Talking about but like you were saying, it, it is something that a lot of manufacturers are going for. I've used it on the Motorola Edge as well. And to be honest, I've got absolutely no complaints about it. Like in, in terms of general use, it, there's no snow start, there's no lag, you know, things open instantly. Uh, you might see a little bit of a hit to some kind of really hardcore high-end games. But even then, like if you kind of tweak the graphic settings on something like Call of Duty Mobile, you know, you're still going to get the same performance as everybody else. So in that sense, it's absolutely fine. I've got no complaints with the performance side of things. 
Yeah, I think the only performance complaint you could really have around the 765 would basically be future-proofing the games. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's fine now, and it, and if you have it for three years, it will be fine all the way through those three years for day-to-day performance, I would bet. And it's fine for gaming now. Whether it will be top-tier for gaming, for, for phone, mobile gaming in two or three years, that's where you may be like, well, if I know I want something that I can keep using and be competitive and call it Duke Mobile two years from now or whatever yeah. the next thing is. But other than that, it's, yeah. I think that's not even, I don't think they're kind of going for gamers and stuff like that. Because I think it's more about the photography and specifically the video stuff, uh, I think was really interesting. So the you've got on the rear, you've got uh, a Zeiss Optics 64 megapixel snapper. So that's mm-hmm. the main one. Um, they've done, they've worked with Zeiss on, on camera lenses on their other phones in the past with kind of mixed results because they've never been at, on the high end Nokia's a flat, uh, that, uh, that Nokia does. So it's kind of, I think I looked it on the 7.2, which is kind of a couple mm-hmm. hundred pounds less. And it was all right, but it wasn't, you know, it was just a camera. Yeah. But with this one, I kind of see a few of the improvements. Um, I assume it's got something to do with the, you know, the overall bump in, mega, uh, in megapixels and just yeah it's got an aperture of f189 uh, so it's a little bit better in the low light as well yeah um and then that's also backed up by a 12 uh, megapixel 120 degree wide angle which okay. is nice and then you've also got a two megapixel macro and a two megapixel depth sensor which nobody really cares about let's be honest <laughs> and uh what I, I mean i do like the fact because the ultra wide is actually pretty decent quality because i was kind of expecting a noticeable drop in quality because you do usually see that around the kind of low to mid range yeah. is that the main one will be great the ultra wide will be okay and then it just goes down and down from there but you with this you know there's a slight kind of drop in overall quality obviously you can kind of expect that but it you don't get that kind of distortion that you get on some of the cheaper phones with the ultra wides and and there is still detail there and it's also used in the video recording uh element of it as well so you've got like a pro video editing thing it's kind of like what Sony did with the Xperia. So it's separate to the standard camera recording um, interface, but it's within the same camera app. Yeah. Uh, so it's a cinema mode and you can record at 4K at 30 frames. You can kind of choose the bit rate that it records that. You've got control over your audio and kind of all the kind of video things that you want to tweak before you start recording. And you've also got the option of recording in H-Log, uh, which mm-hmm. is kind of flatter, but captures more kind of uh, more detail in the highs and lows in the scenes. So you can tweak that in your video editing software afterwards. I mean, that's something that we do for work, yeah. of course. Um, and yeah, you can also record in 21 by nine, like the, the kind of ultra widescreen, oh, which nice. is pretty okay. cool. Yeah. yeah. And you can do that with both the main and the ultra wide lenses, depending on kind of the thing that you want to go for. Okay, great. So that's, I, that's really interesting, I think. It's a smart space for them to be in. I think they've struggled to figure out what what the niche, what the Nokia niche in the market is these days. Yeah. Um, video makes sense because, like you said, I think Sony are really the only other company pushing video recording, mm-hmm. and it's long been. It, it's increasingly an issue as you sort of hit, say, on the Pixels and the Samsungs, as you get into the even the top end phones and you review them, and you're kind of like, okay, these are often better than Apple on photo. Yeah. But on video, it's just Apple is still just leagues ahead mm. of Samsung, oh, yeah. of Google's Pixels, or everything. It's just there's nothing comparable. Um, so I think it makes sense. Sony, obviously, that's been its push at the high end is that video recording is its thing. And it's smart for Nokia to do that. They're never going to hit that proper flagship space. No, but for the not. sort of slightly more mid-range, you shoot a lot of video, you're doing TikTok, you're doing Instagram Reels, whatever mm-hmm. it is, like, mm-hmm. and you want a phone that does good video recording. I mean, there's no uh, optical image stabilization, which is a little bit annoying, but mm. it does have really good uh, electronic image stabilization, which I was quite surprised about. Okay. Um, 
and that, good electronic like it's good now yeah really. exactly there's no i had no complaints about it really if anything it was a bit too good because <laughs> sometimes i kind of want to do a kind of a, you know a pan yeah. and it will kind of hold on to one section because it's like no you're focusing on this and it's like yeah oh. that, and it's kind of it's like a gimbal effect yeah yeah it's, it's like you're using a gimbal but yeah. if you're kind of just walking along and you're just capturing straight ahead or you know anything like that it's smooth mm. it's nice. one of the best implementations of eis that i've seen in a while okay nice all right, tell, uh, us, tell us about the drop. It's bad we talking. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually how I discovered it. It has a plastic frame. <laughs> because, um, yeah, obviously, it's a big phone. It's, you know, 6.81 inches. It's a big phone. And uh, I, I'm used to having big phones, but not quite that big. So it's in my pocket. I went to sit down at the weekend, and it just fell out onto the concrete. Just, oops. Uh, and it went straight on the corner. Luckily... There's no damage to the glass rear or the glass front, which I was like, thank you, that's great. But it does, it did mean that the paint peeled away in the corner where it dropped. So I was like, okay, that's definitely plastic then. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all right. The phone's all right. But, you know, the phone's absolutely fine. Yeah. I mean, if anything, that's, that's a plus for the phone is that I dropped it onto concrete and it survived. There's no, no smash yeah. screen or nothing well, like well, that. So, yeah, because I couldn't say the same with the Realme 6 Pro when I did it. The exact yeah. same thing. And you, the, saw, you saw the state of my Pixel, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of these phones don't do quite as well, do they? <laughs> yeah, I had that recently a couple months ago the tcl one of the tcl 10s uh dropped a foot or two onto concrete completely shattered the display uh and i was away from home so i had to keep using it for uh, like four or five uh, days uh, with broken glass shards falling out every now and then i think i would have been good if it did shatter the rear because the back of the phone does look really nice it does so i was admiring that in your photos. Thing, mm. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like northern lights inspired it's called polar nights i think the finish is 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 called officially again weird, weird branding <laughs> but there we are um and it's the only color option it comes in you've got nothing else to choose from so if you don't like it lump it um and it's kind of blue bluey <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like a, a, it's like it's like a dark blue if you look at it just straight on but then as the light catches it you see these kind of shots of light blue and white that kind of just mm. go from bottom to top and it, you know, it looks really nice uh, I find I kind of found myself just sat there kind of, you know, playing with it in the light just to see what, what the different effects it could make. Nice. Uh, and people do, you know, people that did notice that I was using it at the weekend, they were like, oh, that, that looks quite nice. Yeah. And I'm just like, yes, don't look at it, though. <laughs> it has got that big, uh, the Nokia spaceship camera. Oh, yeah. The, back, uh, yeah. the UFO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that that's not going anywhere, is it? Let's yeah. be honest. I think that's Nokia's <laughs> thing now. They like a good, they like a circular camera housing. Oh, I mean, and I was worried about the wobble, but it's not actually as wobbly as I thought it was going to be because it's centralized rather than on one side. Yeah, it kind helps. of just sits. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's not too bad. It's better than a nine pure view with those horrible five spider Ooh. eye cameras. Oh, yeah. you know, they, they, that, they hit mm. absolute rock bottom in camera module design. So whatever they do, I'm not going to hold it against them. No, yeah, that, that made me feel funny when <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I saw that phone for the first time. <laughs> do not want that at all. <laughs> Uh, what else have we got to cover? Okay, battery. Uh, so 4,500 milliamp hour. So, yeah, not too that bad. Of course, good. it's yeah. got a, you know, a 6.8 inch one display to power. It's, it's going to need a lot of power. It does you know, happily get me through a day's use. I didn't really struggle with the battery life. It's not quite enough for the full two days. But you know, if you get in overnight, you can just quickly whack it in the next day for a couple of hours and you're good to mm -hmm. go. Uh, fast charging is capped at 18 watts, which might not sound good, but it's also mm -hmm. what the uh, iPhone 11 range is capped at. So... <sighs> context really? <laughs> uh, but it is a little bit slow and that, that is to be fair as i was saying that is faster than the s20 fe's inbox charger nice the, yeah, the fe will the charge watt. faster but only if you pay more for it so <laughs> well that is one thing about nokia you do get the charger in the box which yeah. is which is always nice 
Uh, and yeah, there is NFC. I have to make that clear because I did initially say in my <laughs> review they didn't have NFC. And the reason I thought that is because there's no toggle for it in the notification shape like there is on basically every other phone. Uh, but Nokia just doesn't have it. So I missed it. But it does have it. So you can use Google Pay and everything else. I've had yeah. quite a few tweets about that over the last few days. So setting the record straight. As <laughs> 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 an FC. <laughs> <sighs> I like the look of this phone. I think I've been a bit hard on Nokia the last few years. They haven't really made a phone I've really liked. Even with the, you know, accepting that they're not trying to do flagships. Like, they haven't even done a mid-range phone. I've really been like, that's great value in, in, yeah. in the space. And um, this actually, I think, even coming out late, this looks like a fairly solid option. It is a shame. I think it would have been a really good option yeah, in spring. This is it. This it is could it. have been one of the best mid-rangers around at that time. Mm. Now it's like, oh, that's pretty good. Just shows how fast the market moves. Yeah. And that's, I think, been Nokia's problem a bit. They always feel like they're lagging a bit behind everyone else. They, they pack in a process so that everyone else stopped using a couple months before and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but they're, they're figuring it out. They're but, powering through. Yeah. I mean, they're still clearly selling enough of the, the, the £200 phones that it's carrying them through because they're doing well. They're, churning, they're putting a lot of phones out. Oh yeah, um, and you know, with the eight point three launch, that alongside that, they actually launched the three point four and the two point four, I think, which are I both really budget hate devices. <laughs> uh, so they're still, you know, throwing more cheap phones out into the market. Um, but uh, we should also say on the eight point three. I'm not sure if we have, but it is five G. Oh yeah, um, sorry, it's, yes. it's their first five G phone. It is their first five G phone. Mm. Um, so and so far only, but uh, yeah, because of the seven six five. So yeah, I think that's actually a solid contender. Um, it's still a couple hundred quid less than the likes of the Galaxy. So if you're hearing the two side yeah. by side and think of the Nokia sounds a lot worse, it is £200 cheaper. Yeah. So bear that in mind. Uh, at 500 it's, it's not bad. But yeah, really, you've got to be weighing that up against the likes of the OnePlus and Ward um, and a couple of the Realmes and Oppos. Really, that's where you're going to see, does it, you know, how does it hold up compared to that kind of stuff? This is the thing, yeah. Is, is brand recognition enough? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So speaking of, I guess we might as well move on to OnePlus, which will be our, our final topic for today. Um, the OnePlus 8T is not here yet, uh, the other two phones, but it is coming. We now know it's coming. It is coming on October 14th. <laughs> OnePlus has already announced it is having an event then. That is the day after when we think Apple is announcing iPhones. Uh, that's not confirmed yet, but everyone's saying <laughs> October 13th for iPhones. Oh, I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, this, is, this is not the worst luck OnePlus has had, though, to be fair. There was one year, I think two years ago, they announced their date, and then Apple took the same date. But oh, iPhone, yeah, I remember that. Yep. And mm. OnePlus just obviously had to just give in and shift their event by a day. Yep. So with a week's notice me. or something, they had to shift their whole event by a day uh, because <laughs> Apple wanted that day and Apple's Apple not going to budge. What Apple wants, Apple gets. <laughs> yeah. So October 14th. So we've still got a few weeks to wait. They've announced pretty early that they're having the event. Um, uh, this is a classic like OnePlus fashion now, what they do. Very frustrating, but they are just going to drip feed details for the next three weeks until we're all bored to death at the OnePlus 80. Which is why we're getting it out of the way now. We're going to talk about it now. I'm going to do everything in my power not to mention the 8T over the show for the next two weeks (laughs) until we actually have one and we can talk about it and I can show you one on camera and have like used it and tested it and that kind of thing. But uh, we know a bit. OnePlus has confirmed this week already that it has a 120 hertz display which is a step up from the 8, which was 90 hertz, Mm -hmm. but it sort of matches the 8 Pro, which was 120. Um, What is interesting is it is a flat panel, not curved. So even the 8 was a little bit curved, Um, but with the 8 Pro, it is just properly flat. 
Um, I'm so happy about this. Officially. I'm yeah. so happy about this. <laughs> I think it's a good move. Um, I, they've also said the size. I've got it somewhere here. Uh, 6.55 inch. So about the same as the S20 FE. Um, not not enormous. That is the same size as the 8. So it stayed the same size, but it's flattened it rather than curved it um, and bumped the refresh rate up, which, again, I think is a set of trade-offs. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, they've also put out like how the maximum nits and and cuts and stuff and contrast and color accuracy and stuff like that. So if you're if you want to get nerdy about display specs, some of that info is out there. And the other thing they've confirmed is charging speed and battery, which mm-hmm. is this is also exactly in line with all the rumors. Uh, 65 watt warp charging. Finally, uh, we have been on 30 watt with OnePlus for <laughs> two years now. Something like that. Every phone has yeah. been 30 watt charging. Mm. And it's weird because they were initially one of the brands that was really fast charging. You bought a OnePlus because it had fast charging. And they just never changed it as every other brand out there sped <laughs> up its charging speed. The fact that, like, you know, this year's Samsung flagships will charge faster than the OnePlus if you buy the extra charger is kind of crazy. Um, and, you know, we're seeing other brands going up to 100 watt and, and silly stuff like that. And OnePlus was sitting on 30. They clearly put their effort into speeding up the wireless charging that they were putting into the Pro models. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time they've finally gone back and said, right, 65 watt warp charge. Uh, they also have quoted how fast it will charge. They said that should take 38 minutes to get a full charge. Wow. And okay. in 15 minutes, you'll get 58%, which they say is a day's usage. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I've got the um, Oppo Find X2. I think mm-hmm. in 30 minutes it did. Oh, if I'm remembering this right, 92%, something like that. Ooh. Yeah, so the Oppo, uh, the Find X2s are both faster. Are they 90 watts? I'm trying to remember now. 65. I can't remember what wattage they are, but they are absurdly fast. Yeah. yeah uh, on the Find X2 Pro, I think I got 97% in half an hour. What? Um, Absolutely broken. This is the this this is the future right here. This is yeah. it. <laughs> so so the sixty five watt is still not cutting cutting edge, but honestly, it's so fast. I mean, you know, again, like we were talking about with processors before, we're, we're getting into diminishing returns on charging speeds now. Oh, exactly. Mm. Uh, One I thing um, I was going to say, um, I don't know if we've looked into this, but you know, with things that have fast charging tech, mm. is there a trade off that the battery? gets mm. worse over time than like something with normal it's that's the fear it's kind of hard to measure and it's incredibly hard for us to measure because we don't stand offline long enough to actually get any long <laughs> like long-term performance assessment of them um yeah. yeah realistically it probably is because the batteries get hotter um and that is going to mess them up a bit uh the they are if you actually read sort of the details of charging speed announcements now they actually tend to talk a lot about heat dissipation mm-hmm. and how they are managing heat. And it's very clear that they are realizing that this is an issue mm-hmm. and that as charging mm-hmm. speeds go up, they also need to figure out ways of making batteries work okay and, and not not damage the sort of long-term life of them. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all well and good having something that can juice in like 15 minutes, but then yeah. if you use it for 15 minutes and then it goes down to 0%, <laughs> exactly. then it's like, it's still, it doesn't count for much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this should do okay, hopefully. It's a 4,500 milliamp hour cell, so that is weirdly the exact same as both the Nokia and the Samsung we've talked about today. All three have the exact same battery size. Um, so yeah, that should be a day or two's use. So even if you do get deterioration, I feel like over the, over the two years you might own this phone, two or three years, it would probably deteriorate from a two-day battery to a one-day battery. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think mm. this would hit that kind of... You know, I, I know people who've had the same iPhone for three years where it lasts 
two hours before they need to plug back in again. Um, but this is starting from a big enough cell that I don't think that will be as big an issue. But yeah, it's always the concern. They It's got a split battery configuration, which is kind of the way a lot of them are doing as they go to these faster mm -hmm. speeds. So it's actually two battery cells, which I think also helps with heat dissipation. And yeah. the press release I got today, they only announced this a few hours ago, it did have a paragraph about like the, the technical details of the heat dissipation tech that I, I will admit went right over my head. Uh, charging tech, I understand. Like heat dissipation, like, you know, go like, yeah, cool, you do stuff, make it go cool. <laughs> Less heat, hooray. I am um, not a phone engineer. Mm, no. But yeah, I, I think these are the two things that everyone kind of knew would be in the 8T, so it's no surprise OnePlus has already just dropped them out there and said, yeah, this is what it is. Uh, warp charge, we know they've been working on for a while, speeding it up, and it's just so long overdue. And uh, bumping up the refresh rate was kind of inevitable, the way they've done incremental steps in, in bumping up the refresh rate across the range. Um, we do have, there have been some pretty consistent leaks, so I'm just going to read off the specs we think the phone has. Okay. Um, because all of the leaks that had this information also said 4,500 milliamp hour cell, 65 watt whilst charging, and like 120 hertz display, so I feel like we can trust the rest of it. Uh, Snapdragon 865, not the Plus, as we were talking about earlier. The Plus seems to have just not been hugely popular outside of the gaming devices. Um, same RAM and storage configurations as before, 8128 and 12256. Uh, Android 11, as you'd expect. Main camera, 48 megapixel. Again, OnePlus has been a big fan of 48 megapixel lenses. I think the reckoning is this will be a new sensor. I've seen that reported. I actually think it's probably going to be the sensor that's in the 8 Pro. Mm. which would be which wasn't in the 8 they were different sensors they both had 48 megapixel sensors but different ones so I, i'm guessing actually this will be the imx 686 which is the one that was in the 8 pro if i'm getting my, my sony sensors right you have um, a better memory than i do when it comes to that kind of thing i'll tell you that <laughs> well that's assuming i got it right uh but uh yeah then an ultra wide camera which uh one week has pegged at 16 megapixels and then a macro and a portrait, which we don't care about, as we spoke before. Uh, and a 32 megapixel selfie lens. Uh, so, yeah. The design-wise, it looks pretty familiar. Uh, flat screen, as we said. Um, the only color we've seen is a nice kind of minty green. Um, and the camera module is in that kind of domino style that Samsung's been using. Um, but... It's a bigger camera module than we've seen before on the one on the recent OnePluses, but it still it, it looks nice. Um, the weird thing for this year is there's no evidence of an 8T Pro. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of started doing the Pros. I guess it was the sevens, the seven and the seven Pro. I think that was the first Pro one. Mm -hmm. And then we had 7T, 7T Pro, 8 and 8 Pro. Uh, everything is pointing now to this. They're just being an 8T, no 8T Pro. So I haven't really seen any reasoning on that. OnePlus haven't confirmed it. I guess once they confirm either way, we'll know what the reasoning is behind it looking like there's no 80 Pro. And I should say a couple of leaks have gestured at an 80 Pro. So this isn't definite. No. Um, like some documentation leaked that had separate guides to the 80 and the 80 Pro that seemed to be official documentation, but equally no one's found any hardware leaks for the 80 Pro. So either it doesn't exist or they're keeping it incredibly close to their chest. Could <laughs> um, there be two separate release dates? Would that make any sense at all? That is one possibility some people have talked about. Maybe they're just staggered launches. We'll get the 18 mm. Pro in a month or two later. Yeah, because um, maybe maybe other things have been delayed because of exactly. the, the thing. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> 
So it might be as simple as that. <clears throat> just a staggered launch. We'll see. My my reckoning is honestly they're just doing the one phone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Because if you even, you know, I said they've done the two phones every time, but actually if you look in some markets, they've only released one at any given point anyway. Um, certainly the US, they tend to only push out one of the two handsets at a time rather than both of them. So I kind of wonder if they're realizing that actually doing biannual updates to two product lines plus now throwing in the Nord is getting yeah. to more phones than they can sustain in the marketplace oh, yeah. or more than mm. their manufacturing pipeline can handle. I don't know. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is just the AT. Um, it might come along with a new Nord. There have been a lot of leaks about a new Nord device that's even cheaper than the current Already? Nord. Yeah. Wow. Well, not a Nord 2, because the thing is, they always said with Nord that it was kind of the start of a new like family of devices. Okay. So I think it's less Nord Nord 2 or Nord T or whatever, but more just there'll be Nord different Pro. tiers within Nord <laughs> that, um, uh, that cover different price points. So I think the reckoning is this next one is a... Snapdragon 6 series processor, I think. Okay. Kind of going for more that two, 300 price range. So this one might actually come to the US in the way that the first Nord didn't, which is still weird, but the reckoning yeah. is they were just saving it for then doing this cheaper Nord instead. Just so both. that could come alongside the AT, but I'm not expecting it to because, I mean, these days OnePlus doesn't like surprises, right? They announce everything ahead mm. of time, really. They yeah, tease everything exactly. so much. So they've been very open that this is the 8T launch. They're saying 8T, not 8T series. Mm -hmm. um, they're showing pictures mm -hmm. of a phone, not multiple phones. The closest thing we've got is if you go to the website for the launch event, there's a sort of line, silhou a sort of silhouette drawing of the phone in, in a box. And next to it, what looks to me like a pair of true wireless earbuds that are not the OnePlus buds. Mm -hmm. So I think we're getting another pair of headphones, which makes sense. But I don't think, I think we're just seeing the one phone. Um, we'll see we'll find out soon enough pricing wise it's kind of that's where there's been the least consistency um, there have basically been two leaks on pricing and one said it's going to be a price hike and the other said it said it's going to be a price cut relative to the 8 so um, I don't makes know. more sense the, the, the pricing <laughs> for the cut looks more plausible it's only like a 50 euro price drop compared to the 8, whereas the other one was a €150 Euro price hike. Um, that yeah. could make sense if they're not doing a Pro and they're trying to position this as between the Pro and the regular model, you know? Mm. But I think given the current market, given the move to a flat screen rather than a curved, which has got to be a lot cheaper to make, um, keeping with the 865, not the X65+, Plus, mm -hmm. I reckon they're realising it maybe makes sense, especially after the success they have with the Nord being cheaper that maybe just shaving 50 off um, might be worth it. They don't want to go too low because, again, they want to give mm. the Nord breathing room to be the, the cheap OnePlus. Yeah. But, mm. yeah, do we do we have excitement for yet another OnePlus? I feel like it's the eight, the eights only came out last week. Yeah, this is how I feel. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready for any new OnePluses right now. You know, yeah. I'm still digesting what's going on <laughs> at the moment. Mm. I feel that way about Samsung as well, so I'm just going to stay out of there. Yeah. <laughs> No, Tony, I mean, I've had the 8 Pro in my cupboard, and the 8 Pro was like the phone I kept coming back to, and then I've had a string of reviews, and I keep being like, oh, I'm looking forward to getting back to the 8 Pro, and I've realized I'm not going to, because I'm going to have the 8T before, the, before I get the chance to actually go back and put my SIM back in the 8 Pro. I mean, I've, I've still used the 7T Pro every now and again from when I reviewed that last September. Yeah, like, and it's you know, so Even then, they've had two phones since then, like two flagship yeah. phones since then at this point, and it's just like, guys, please, 
Stop. No. <laughs> slow, slow it down just a tad. Release them all at once. Do a yearly thing. Thank you. Do an apple, please. Yeah. Make, it make our lives mm. easier. <laughs> but at least I think sticking to the one makes more sense for them there. I think Oh yeah. when they were doing four flagships a year and then throw the Nordline in as well, that's too many OnePlus phones. Yeah, because, 100%. Because they are a company that gets by on their fans more than others. You know, Samsung has mass market appeal mm-hmm. in addition to its fan base. Apple as well, obviously. Someone like Sony or Nokia is a brand people go around a phone shop and pick up and know what it is. OnePlus just isn't there yet, for better or worse. Um, Obviously, it wants to be, and it's moving in that direction. But if you rely on your fan base to buy your products, then if you put too many out, they can't buy them all. You're just cannibalizing (laughs) yourself, aren't you? Mm. Exactly, Mm. yeah. But they're very good, aren't they? Because, I mean, they're one of the few phones that have been given... It's you, wasn't it, that gave them five stars? I Yeah, I've given both the 8 Pro and the 7 Pro, I gave five stars. Mm -hmm. Um, Not? The Nord, maybe also five. I think it was. I, <laughs> I did like the Nord a lot. Mister Five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very I'm, good. I'm very careful not to like drink from my OnePlus water bottle too much anymore. I carry my OnePlus bag <laughs> to avoid looking too much like a shill. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a fan of OnePlus. I think they hit a yep. nice balance of specs, design, and uh, really importantly for me, software. I think Oxygen yeah. OS is great. 100%. And that's the thing mm-hmm. that limits me like again i'm really enjoying the the poco x3 i've got my review coming soon the hardware is phenomenal for the price but i just keep hitting up against me ui and getting fed off of it um and uh, that's the one thing with oneplus is it's for me it's like using a pixel it's just such a painless fluid software experience that elevates the hardware where where are they on cameras these days because i know previously they've been kind of lagging behind a little bit are they still they making any progress they're much much better okay um a combination of investing in sensors then they tend to make a point of having whatever the latest sensors are and, and being good about that but also just that software is slowly getting there i still wouldn't say they're the best by, by any means they're not in that conversation um if if someone asked me what is the phone they want because their number one priority is camera i wouldn't point them towards a OnePlus. I would gesture towards Pixel or, or Galaxy, I guess, if we were mm. in the Android space, at least. iPhone. Or, yeah, or iPhone, <laughs> really. Um, you but, Apple fanboy. <laughs> yeah, the 11, the 11 cameras are, are maybe the best around. I don't know if anyone's beaten the 11 cameras this year. Yeah, honestly, but, they're, they're my go-to. Um, yeah, OnePlus is a lot better. The 8, the 8 series, I think, was the turning point. They've been slowly improving. The 8 series felt like a big jump up, especially the 8 Pro. Um, and that's why I'm hoping this is the same sensor from the 8 Pro because it, what they did with that is, was very, very, very good. And that was the first time I kind of felt like you weren't compromising at all on the camera. It definitely wasn't the absolute best, but it was close enough that unless you really are a camera obsessive, you're not going to care. I think that was my complaint with the 7T range, is that you know the, the hardware was great, the display was great, the software is great, but the cameras were just not quite there to make me want to leave you know, my, my, my everyday phone to go for it, because you, you would be making a compromise on camera quality. So yeah. I'm glad they're fixing that. Yeah, they're getting there. And I think they're also, they're very quick. They're pretty quick to do updates and to respond yeah. to stuff. That's 100%. one thing I'll say. Often when you're reviewing a OnePlus, the camera's a bit janky, but mm-hmm. it's the thing that within within two weeks after the launch date, or the, at the time we get the review units, there have been five different camera patches that have come out, each one tweaking things mm-hmm. a little bit. So yeah. they are like fast to respond to this stuff once it, once it gets And they out. kind of do roll out features post-launch as well, kind yeah. of tweaks and stuff like that. So you've mm-hmm. always got that to look forward to. That they did. Oh, the A Pro has one that really annoys me. And I'm, oh, they I'm, removed it. 
um, they added in the thing that I'm now seeing on a few phones. It really infuriates me, which is automatically switching to the macro lens when you get close enough to something. Uh, and the macro lens is terrible. I don't uh, want to use it. <laughs> it is worse almost every time. And so I keep trying to take photos when I'm having it on the Air Pro where you're kind of going close for like a sh- macro shot of some food or something. And then it switches to macro. You see the framing shift and you're like, oh, no, I've got to like pull, pull the camera back half an inch until I get it back onto the main camera. You try to figure out how close you can get before it thinks you want to take a macro shot and switches for you. Uh, if anyone knows how to turn that off, please jump in the comments and tell me. I hate I it kn- so much. I knew you were going to say food. Like, <laughs> love your food shots. <laughs> that was, that was, I nearly went back into the 8 Pro review to dot Carp a star because I was like, you ruined the camera. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, 80 soon, I think that should be very good. I think Samsung's probably counting their lucky stars that they've got three weeks of clearance with the FE before the 8T arrives because they've got the time to now be maybe the best phone around at that price because yeah. it's certainly going to be stiff competition. They're very yeah. similar phones on paper, which says more about how well Samsung has positioned the FE than it does anything about OnePlus because Samsung would not normally be looking as good on, on a spec sheet compared to OnePlus. Yeah, just another another quick one on the software updates because OnePlus has been um, getting like the new Android updates as they launch, or, or it did for mm. the 11, didn't it? Which is probably a big... It would be a big thing, and I guess if you're comparing them between that and the Samsung, that might be something that convinces people. They're another brand that are yeah super fast on pushing out the new OS versions. Oh yeah, Um, they're you know the same as Samsung. They're both offering kind of three years of updates, which just I think is three years of security, two years of OS updates Mm -hmm. when you read the fine print. But yes, you will get those updates a lot quicker with OnePlus by Mm. and large. Um, I didn't didn't even know it was that quick because I think I was aware of Pixel. that they're obviously not pixel speed because no, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no one's allowed to be as fast to it as pixels are. Oh, no, yeah. Exclusive. <laughs> they are generally one of the brands that when the official release is out, you've already got access to at least the beta on your OnePlus if you want it mm-hmm. and, and probably a stable release. I don't think they've got a stable Android 11 release yet, but it's coming very soon. I assume they'll I'm be announced sure. next month. Or I haven't been on my Pro in a while, so I don't know if it's offered me an update. I think I've seen people saying that the, the state there sort of on, they've done a few beta patches, so I think it looks like they may be near a stable build of 11. So yeah, that's a good point. They're, they're much better than, not every brand, but much better than most brands on doing that quickly. Uh, cool. I think that'll probably do us for today. Um, that uh, lots we have spoken about. My brain's melting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we all are. <laughs> next week is going to be yeah. It's been a busy month. It's going to keep being a busy month, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it. Uh, tonight <laughs> is an Amazon event, so we're expecting new Echoes and stuff like that. So we may talk about that next week, depending on what else comes along in the meantime. We know next week we are going to have the Xiaomi Mi 10T series launch which I think is going to be using the new Snapdragon 750G that just got announced the other day. I think the Mi 10T will be running that processor, but we'll see. Um, uh, And we've got the Pixel launch next Wednesday as well. So we are definitely talking Xiaomi Mi 10T and Pixel 5 next week on the show. So stay tuned for that. Maybe Amazon stuff, maybe something else. I feel like there's going to be another three phones that launch on Monday morning or something. Uh, thank you everyone for watching and listening. As always, jump in the comments if you have any questions or can tell me how to fix that irritating one plus <laughs> See you all next week. Bye. Bye. See you later, guys. Bye.